can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. We are finishing a series about the gifts from Jesus where we've talked about the fivefold ministers, the apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and somebody help me. Who's been listening? I don't know. Okay, we'll get to it. We're going to teach it. But we are excited to go over today the value of each gift. And we're going to be in three places. 1 Corinthians, Ephesians 4, and Psalm 92. We have a lot of fingers. You can hold yourself a lot of places in the word of God, or it will be up on the screen for you. But let me pray. Heavenly Father, this is your word, and I pray it would go forth and be tailor-made for every person, that I would just fade fade out, and you would have your way among us. Speak to our hearts. Make it clear and plain what you're teaching us this morning. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So, you know, it's a, it's a joy to be planted in the house of God. Do you know that I look back on my life and I see the seasons of my life personally where I flourished the most and they were seasons marked by continually being in the house of God, continually being in church and sitting under great teaching and leaders and being surrounded by other believers. I find the times when I was a little wobbly is times when I just didn't get faithfully or I didn't have a church to plant in or, or I just did my own thing for a season. But when I was planted in the house of God, life seemed to make sense. And I was maturing more rapidly. The Bible says in Psalm 92 verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be what? Fresh and flourishing. Does anyone want to be fresh and flourishing this morning? Yes. And verse 14 in another translation says this. They will be like trees that stay healthy and fruitful even when they are old. Now, it's almost counterintuitive to think that in our latter years that we could be so fresh and flourishing. You have this mindset like I'm dwindling down my last. I'm closer to the end. But the word of God says, if you will plant yourself in the house of God, even into old age, you will be flourishing and and fresh. And don't you want that? I want that. And so this is what God is saying in his word. This is how you get that. You plant in the house of God. You remain in the things of God and be around other believers. And this is how you will be fresh and flourishing. Now, here was our main text for this whole series, Ephesians 4, that talks about each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. And it talks about how when Jesus ascended, he gave gifts to men. When he had to leave us, he said, but I'm not leaving you without these gifts. These gifts will remain with you. And these gifts are in verse 11. It says, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. What are these gifts here to do? Equip the saints. That's why they're here. They're not here to be puffed up and I'm an apostle or I'm a prophet. No, their role is to equip us for the work of the ministry. You are the ministers. We are the ministers and we need to be thoroughly equipped to be ministers. And how are we equipped? Through these gifts that Jesus left here on the earth for you and I. We don't need more people just blowing hot air. 
You know what I mean? The creator of the creator created gave us these guidelines on how to flourish in this life. You know, the pharmaceutical companies, you ever seen those commercials? They'll put something up there like, do you have an itch? If you have an itch, 70% of people took this product and they didn't have an itch anymore. But the side effects of this product could lead to death ultimately. So you won't itch, but you'll be dead. Okay. Do you know how they do that? They list like, okay, you have this itch and we can help you not have an itch. But the side effects could be like, I mean, it's horrible, right? You, you, the side effects sound worse than just leaving your itch alone. And that is, that is the philosophies of today. People are saying, I have an answer for your little problem and, and, and I'll help you find relief for that problem. But if it is not founded in the word of God and it is a temporary fix, you know what else happens with those pharmaceutical companies? They get they lose their FDA approval because all these side effects, right? And so that remedy gets yanked off the shelf because it really isn't a good remedy. And the word of God is saying, I have the answers in the word of God that will fix it. I have the solution for your problems. You don't need 70% say it's successful and then you're dead because you followed it. No, you need the, we need the word of God. We need the truth of God's word. We don't need flashy philosophy philosophies to help us with a situation. We need to be planted and founded in the word of God in this hour that we're living in. You know, it's so important that we understand is his word is the only opinion that truly matters. And one day the Bible says that every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is never getting yanked from the shelves. The solutions in here will never lose their effectiveness. Though other things will be temporary. Other solutions will lose their effectiveness. But the word of God will never lose its effectiveness. You, We think, oh, well, now there's science and there's all these solutions. Do you think that the Lord is ignorant Do you think that he didn't think that through? Oh, they're going to get progressive and one day there's going to be science and there could be some other answers. No, it says when he wrote the word of God inspired by men that he saw the end, he saw all to the end and saw that this will still be exactly what you and I need in this hour, in 10 years from now, 50 years ago. And people think that we need new ideas. They just haven't found that the truth is right here. Everything you need for life and godliness is written in these pages. People would say, Pastor Anna, how do I know the will of God? The will of God is found in the word of God. The will of God is found right in these pages. And when you get into it and feast on it, you will know how to govern your life. You will know, praise God. One day, every knee will bow, every tongue confess, and it may be too late for some. We got to grow up as the body of Christ. We do. We really do. Verse 13 says this, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro 
carried away by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may all grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what Every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. We have a fully grown head, Jesus, the head of the church, fully grown. And he's trying to get the body to line up with the head. Imagine if your legs wanted to do their own thing and the head is telling them one leg at a time and you will walk. And the body's trying to just go both legs at the same time. It's awkward, you know? So Christ is trying to grow us up in the fullness of him through the knowledge of him so that we can function effectively in the body. And you know how he does this? He gave us the fivefold ministers to teach us these things. We're going to go through these gifts and and the distinctiveness of each gift. And I hope you'll identify yourself. I hope you'll see yourself in weaved in through these gifts and see how important you are in the body of Christ. He gave us these gifts to equip us. And all five of these gifts work together to accomplish the following. To equip the saints, that's you and I, to be ready and effective. To edify or build up the body of Christ that the word of God is taught. So by his spirit that we can be built up. You could come in here feeling defeated and discouraged. And when the word of God is preached with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you feel lifted. You ever been in those atmospheres? You go, ah, I feel like it makes sense. I don't feel as despairing anymore. I feel victory. I feel hope for my situation. That's the anointing of God. And when the word of God is taught like that, not just hot air, not people just saying what they want to say and saying what they think the Bible should say. We don't need people doing that. We don't need people saying the things that the Bible's not really saying. We need to hear the true undefiled word of God that will hit you in your heart. It'll help you govern your life. You'll be, you could be a better parent, grandparent, better person in general. The word of God is where we find these answers, not some chosen philosophy that rises up in the midst of society that thinks it's going to help you along. And it ultimately leads to your destruction. We must be founded in the word of God and the fivefold ministers. Yes. The fivefold ministers are here to equip the saints to build up the body of Christ so we can grow up and catch up to the fullness of the head. The head is fully developed and we're catching up so we can respond to what he's telling us to do. To help us not be spiritual children who are swayed by the wrong philosophies of the world. Stay away from that. People get into science and think we've progressed. But in the end, it's, it's, it's not going to be that way. The only thing that stands the test of time is God's word and God's people will remain. That's what's going to be in the very end. It's not opinion. The Bible says the word I speak will judge you. It's not opinion. It's the word of God that will judge. 
They're also here, the, the fivefold, to help each person find their place, do their part, and have their share in this experience. You know, it's, this is God's heart for every person. He didn't create anyone without a divine purpose for their life. Some of us are just, we get there a little slow. We fight. I fought a lot of years like, no, 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 that's not really, you didn't make me for that. That's no way I'm doing that. And then he begins to nudge at you and work with you and work in your surrender. Okay, Lord, I'm not going to fight you anymore. I'm all in with you. And then you put these walls up again. He's, can we take those? He's long suffering with us, man, but he's trying to work us. He is the head and he needs you. He needs a fully grown arm. He needs the ears functioning. He needs us to do these things so that the body is effective to bring the whole body into sync with one another. So the body of Christ grows and builds one another up in love. First Corinthians one or first Corinthians 12, 28 says this, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. And after that, uh, miracles than gifts of healings, which essentially miracles and gifts of healing would fall predominantly under evangelists. Evangelists, oftentimes the grace on an evangelist is also functions in miracles and gifts of healings. So the helps and administration, pastoral ministry there and the varieties of tongues. So let's start with the apostles. The word apostle means a sent one. The apostles are sent and appointed by the Lord and are usually the primary spiritual authorities of a church or ministry. They are called to properly lay and shore up the foundations of a ministry and to establish the doctrines in church government or leadership. They seek the continual growth, effectiveness and advancement of the ministry along with the specific ministry or ministries. They started apostles may also be recognized and appointed by other churches and ministries. First Corinthians three ten says this according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder. I have laid up the foundation and another builds on it, but the apostles will be the foundation layers. They'll say, there's a work that needs to take place out here. Pastor Jerry, our senior pastor is an apostle under his ministry. We have um, 17 congregations, a congregation. We're 19 years old. We just celebrated our 19th birthday, 19 years old. There's a flourishing congregation there in Anaheim. We're taking our discipleship to the nations just this week. Um, Nigeria accepted the four square church in Nigeria, which is our denomination is big all over the world, but predominantly in places like Brazil and Nigeria flourishing four square there. And, and they're in Nigeria. They've accepted our discipleship curriculum written by our senior pastor. And it's now going to be taken into Nigeria. And Nigeria is the gateway to Africa. So it's become the nation's discipleship program that they'll be using. This is an apostolic grace on our senior pastor to t- go into nations, to take territory, to lay foundations, and then others build on it. That's why we're here. We're here in South Orange County. We're in Kalamazoo, Michigan, St. Louis, Missouri. Seal Beach, California. We're in Santa Clarita and flourishing works happening and people gathering this morning, apostolic grace to go in. Now, if we hold up our hand, everyone show me your hand. We're going to do something today with our hand to show. Okay, you can put it down. The apostle on the hand would be the thumb. The thumb brings strength. 
try picking up a heavy object with these two fingers. Kind of tough, right? It's hard to pick things up. But when you include the thumb, great strength comes to your ability to lift. Amen? So the apostle brings great strength to the rest of the ministries, the fivefold ministries. There's strength in the apostle. It helps the other gifts be more effective and strong. The Bible would say that even in Bible times, in order to humiliate someone, they would take off people's thumbs and their big toes because it would put them off balance and take strength from them. Imagine trying as a warrior to hold a sword without a thumb. You don't have the same power and strength. That is how we will represent the apostle grace, that it brings great strength to the body. Now, prophets, Appointed ministers called to receive words, messages, and instructions from the Lord, and then declare them to the church and leadership. Prophets are distinguished in 1 Corinthians 12, 28 as the second level of spiritual leadership in a church. They work closely with the apostles and exhort the saints to walk in the plans of God, both corporate and individual. On the hand, the prophet would be the forefinger pointing the way. Now, with the prophetic gift, it also needs the strength of the other gifts around them. Because the prophetic gift, sometimes we're humans, can have error in it. And so in order to strengthen the prophetic gift, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, let two or three prophets speak and let others judge so that there's balance around the prophetic gift. We must judge prophecy because prophecy is human and people can miss it, but it should bear witness if the prophetic is from the Lord and it should point us in the direction of the Lord. Has anyone ever received a prophetic word, an encouragement from someone and it just so resonates in your heart and you go, that bears witness that that is from God and I receive that from the Lord. So there's a distinctive on the prophetic gift, but oh, we're so grateful for the prophets that function in the body of Christ. First Corinthians 14, three says this, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation or correction and comfort to men. Some have thought the prophetic predicts the future or just tells everyone what to do. But Jesus knew that this grace should be part of a local church and function alongside the other gifting. Sometimes we're like, okay, that's a, that's a little out there. I'm not as comfortable with you, but functioning alongside the other gifts, that gift brings great strength to the body of Christ. So we have our apostle, our thumb, we have our prophets, the forefinger pointing the way, but we also have to have it bear witness when we receive the prophetic word. Number three, evangelists, appointed ministers called to preach and advance the gospel of Jesus Christ unto salvation. They are gifted by the Lord to equip the saints to be bold, empowered, and effective in sharing the gospel with others so that many unbelievers will come to faith in Jesus and be discipled with the word of God. Now, the evangelist grace, we can think, okay, that's for them to do. You think sometimes, well, I'm not an evangelist, so let's just let the evangelist do the evangelistic work. But what the gifts do is they equip the saints. So what we would receive from the evangelistic grace is training on how we can be better evangelists. Amen. So it's not just saying, oh, you don't, you're not an evangelist. Okay. You don't have to tell anyone about Jesus or ever have opportunity to share the gospel. When I'm around my husband who functions in the gifting of an evangelist, 
he and his mom, his, so this is in his lineage, his mom, I'll go to Macy's with his mom. She's going to buy her makeup. And by the time we're out of there, like the makeup girl's been born again. The perfume lady's been like healed and witnessed to, and then we're going out the door. She is just stopping for everyone. And here I'm sitting there just wanting to like prophesy or, you know, like scream over them. And she's saving them. I'm telling you, you, she, everywhere she goes, people are born again. She functions in the gift of an evangelist. And Joel's the same way. He's always looking who he can talk to. He says, oh, are you a Christian? If they're a Christian, he'll just want to walk away from you. He doesn't want to talk to you. (laughs) That's why we have the pastors that, you know, want to talk to the people. No, he's, he's so good. But I'm saying his heart leans towards those who, who don't know the Lord. And he will sit with people for so long. When we were pastoring there in Seal Beach, he would leave in the morning for his morning coffee. And I would think, why are you gone so long? And he is just holed up at a table. This was this little restaurant called Javatini's. And Joel became like the mayor in Seal Beach. His table was just, people were always sitting with him. He's talking about the things of God, taking time. But his heart leans towards those who don't know the Lord and seeing them saved. And then we also talked about the evangelistic grace. A lot of time will be part of delivering people from demonic oppression because you're around a lot of people that don't know Jesus. You're, he's just always gravitating. So there's a lot of spirits and darkness attach them. So if you are ever in that ministry and find that people with demonic oppression or spirits or bondages, Joel, I'm telling you, every time we're at altar prayer at the rock or other places, everyone who had demonic oppression would find their way to Joel and he'd be casting demons out of people and delivering people from bondages. So we understand that evangelistic grace also flows oftentimes in healings and miracles. And as I'm speaking, I feel someone right now in this room is something is clicking into place for you. Why those things circle around you and make Maybe you've not accepted the office of evangelist, but I would say that God is confirming that's what's on your life. And as you begin to share the gospel, many will be saved as you share the gospel. Praise God. And my screen went off. Praise God. So we have apostles, prophets, the forefinger pointing the way and the evangelist. Everyone say middle finger. Okay, we can say middle finger in church. I'm not going to show you my middle finger. But if you hold up your hand, which is the tallest? Yeah, it's continually reaching out. Wanting to reach out and go further. So that is the evangelist. Continually wanting to stretch out beyond the walls. Outside of the church to go after people. So as you look at your hand, we see the evangelist helps us reach out further. Continually stretching out. Praise God. Number four, pastors. Appointed ministers called a shepherd. One of the many flocks of God. The word translated pastor in Ephesians 4 is the word Poimain. Poimain. Poimain is found 18 times in the New Testament. And it's only translated pastor once. And that's in Ephesians 4.11. The other 17 times pastor Poimain is translated as shepherd. Such as in John 10.11. It says when Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Pastors provide teaching 
guidance, care, protection, and spiritual covering for their congregations. And the pastor is represented by the ring finger, fully devoted, married to the body of Christ, committed to the body of Christ for your health and benefit. That is how we view our pastors and shepherds who care for us, who pursue us, who encourage us. It is a blessing To be planted in a house of God and have the covering of shepherds over you. That's why the Bible says be planted in the house and flourish in its courts. It is a blessing to be shepherded by godly pastors. And we are, I found that my life has soared in supernatural directions as I've been placed under incredible pastors and leaders. They have built me up called me on things, loved me gently in and out of season. It is a precious blessing to be pastored by godly shepherds. Amen. First Peter five, two through four says this shepherd, the flock of God, which is among you serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. And not when the chief and when the chief shepherds appear, shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. And Jeremiah three fifteen says this, I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And then finally, Proverbs 27, 23 says, be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. It's so important to the pastor to know how the congregation is doing and what's going on with you. That's why even with our welcome cards, I know it seems like an administrative task, but we have a database. And even this week, I know Pastor Dave is in on the database and Julie, and we're entering prayer cards. And Julie has been telling me, and I know Pastor Dave and need to do this. She'll go through and she'll see your names and she'll begin to intercede over your life. You're just going about your business. And we have people that are calling you by name. And asking God's hand on you. And asking him to lead you and cover your families. And, and what a blessing that the, that the pastors care and shepherd you. And it's kind of odd for me. But what we do in the database is we go in the database and we put little notes. So I we're just shepherding and caring for people. But now... I'm, I guess I wasn't doing it and I was supposed to. So they said, you're supposed to, cause we're caring for the flock, but we're got to tell the database. So it's so funny. I'm going in the database and saying things like had a great text exchange or had a coffee with this person. And it feels so natural to me to be around you guys and to have conversations here and outside of church. But it's like, this is the gift of being connected in the body of Christ, that you have people covering you, loving on you and praying for you as you go through things. That's why it's so precious for us to have those prayer requests on your cards and come before the Lord on your behalf. I'm so excited. I I never, I grew up in a ministry home. I just never saw it for myself. I was telling the, the Lord the other day, I was having a heart to heart. Sometimes I do that with God. A lot of times I do that. And I was just telling him, how come you didn't show me this? I mean, I'm now like 42 years old. I was like, I never saw this. Why didn't you tell me this? Like, maybe I could have prepared or listened better in Sunday school. Or had you told me when I was 10, you're going to be in ministry. And you're going to speak in front of people. I felt like, why didn't you give me advanced warning? And he's like, and it was like, he didn't. 
answer me. He just comforted me. He just tells me, I called you. I called you by name. Just open your mouth. Just trust me. It wasn't like this profound thing. And I was kind of bar. Kids know, Lord. They say, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a fireman. You didn't even tell me. You didn't warn me. And it's the greatest life. I know I, I, I get up here and I tell you guys, like, I didn't even want this. But I, I say that. But now that I'm living it, this is a, this is a dream come true for me. I have never been this awake and sure of anything in my life that this is right where God has us for such a time as this. And I'm doing exactly what he created me to do, even though I didn't see it coming. So if I I feel like in some ways I'm going to be a forerunner and God is going to do this for many other people. You never saw it coming. You said, he didn't show me this when I was seven, that I would launch this type of ministry, or I'd go to the nations, or I'd be an evangelist and healing crusades. I'm telling you guys, the plan of God is so much bigger than you're dreaming. And I am telling you, you stick around, keep coming to the house of God, be planted here at the rock. You, we, I tell them, you're going to have to buckle up. Because the things that are coming for this church are going to, our hair is going to fly back. And as you soar individually, and as you're awakened in this atmosphere, life is going to shift. Nations will change. Cities will be, one of the words we got, this is vision now. This is where vision starts to flow. One of the words I got at a conference, a conference, a prophetic word essentially that bore witness in my spirit. I was at this conference and they were laying hands on each of us women there. And that one girl said, Anna, I see over your life, um, a ministry to broken, tattered young men. And I was like, that, okay. It's bearing witness. And she goes, I just see that God is going to begin to bring around you the broken, tattered and very bruised young men. And God is going to restore them. He has a, a a mothering heart that they're going to be restored in relationship to you and the ministry that's flowing. And God is going to set them up and they're going to take over cities and schools and nations, these broken young men. And I received it and I said, I see it, Lord. I see it in the hundreds and thousands. I see you doing this. I see, I, and I see these young men everywhere. I remember I told you guys about Joshua, who I beelined in the parking lot and just had to tell him. I see that in my spirit and God is preparing us. I'm not, he's outside of time. So just so you know, as a leader, I'm not as concerned about this has to happen tomorrow. God says in the fullness of time, he sent his son, Jesus. God is at work and he's building you and I to catch his heart for people so that when it begins to manifest all around us, we knew and we were ready for what God is doing. Okay. That's just a side note. So we have the apostle bringing strength, the thumb. We have the prophet pointing the way. We have the middle finger, the um, evangelist 
reaching out further and further. We have the pastor, the ring finger, fully devoted and committed to the body of Christ. And then we have the teacher, which is represented by the little finger, which brings balance to the whole hand. We need teachers. Teachers are appointed ministers called to teach the word of God with accuracy and power, rightly dividing the word of truth, increasing the knowledge and faith of the saints and equipping others to teach the word. I see that. I see that coming, that we're going to help teach you guys how to teach the word. We've even had vision. I've cast vision with, there's a couple in this room. I've cast vision with them about a school of ministry, of raising up leaders, of investing in these young men and women to preach and teach the word rightly, that we would be equipping them and sending them out into other areas. So, so we know that God wants us to equip others to teach the word of God. First Corinthians 12, 28 distinguishes teachers as the third level of spiritual leadership in the church. They complement the ministries of the apostles and prophets to help assure the congregation understands the truth of God's word. Such a good feeling to hear the truth of God's word rightly taught. Second Timothy 1.11 says this, to which I was appointed a teacher of the Gentiles. And then in Acts 20, speaking to the elders of the church in Ephesus, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. You know who loves teachers or listening to teachers? Other teachers. So if you're in the house of God and a teacher is going through a text and giving you the nitty gritty details and the Hebrew and the Greek and going over here and going over there and you love receiving like that, I would probably say you're a teacher, that there's a grace on your life, that you love the nitty gritty details. They love to listen to teachers, fill in the dots and connect the dots of the text and scripture. We don't just need passionate preachers. We need teachers that give us that full balance of the word of God and instruct us. Teachers say, okay, look over here and then let's go over here and see how it says that there. And they help balance us out. So it's not just the inspirational teaching, but the strong context in the word of God. So teachers are like the little finger. They bring balance to it all and keep perspective. Now, should we walk around saying, I'm an apostle or I'm a prophet? You know, we can be, those can be dangerous things. Um, Not dangerous in and of itself, but the Bible talks about that Paul would not describe himself as I'm the apostle Paul. We describe him like that, but he would say, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, letting him not boast about that thing, but, but saying it, I'm Paul under the will of God, an apostle. You know, pa- uh, Pastor Matthew Barnett pastors the Dream Center up in Los Angeles. He's the son of a, a, a pastor named Tommy Barnett, fruitful ministry in Arizona. And Matthew Barnett said one Sunday morning, he was in his congregation getting ready to go up and preach. And one of his team members there said, look up in the risers. And they looked up in the risers and there was this guy with long hair and a flowing white robe, just walking around in the risers going like this and being really odd. And Matthew said, okay, I got to go up there and see what's going on with this guy. So Matthew gets up to the risers there and he asked the guy, Hey, how's it going? Great. It's going great. He says, nice to meet you. What's your name? 
I'm Jesus Christ. And Matthew says, oh boy. And then he asks him, Jesus Christ. So what did you think about the movie, The Passion of the Christ? And the guy plugs his ears. He says, no, no, it brings back too many bad memories. Don't take me there. Like he was literally Jesus Christ. Now we don't want to do that, okay? South County, we're not going to walk around saying we're Jesus or the Apostle Paul. We let the Lord describe these things to us. Like Galatians 1, Paul an apostle, not from men or through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised himself from the dead. Paul described himself as being two of these five, as well as being a preacher. So God does sometimes call and empower others in multiple gifts. Paul says it in 2 Timothy 1.11, I was appointed a, a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. This is the Lord. And finally, in 1 Corinthians 3.21, it says this, Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life or death, or things present, or things to come. All are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Praise God. The God uses the fivefold ministry to keep the church in his hand. That's what you can see. He uses the fivefold ministry to, to keep the body in his hand so that you're thoroughly equipped for every good work. That is why he gave us these gifts. And I know I am so grateful in and out of season over my life for being invested in by these graces. You can just imagine over the course of your life, seeing God weave these gifts around you in the body of Christ and seeing, I was really strengthened by pastors and teachers and the prophets and the evangelists. They really bring a strength to the body of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Psalm 92, 13, I wanna read it again. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They will be like trees that stay healthy and fruitful, even when they are old. And I wrote in closing, I'm so grateful for this series, to be able to bring this series to our church. I realize my most fruitful seasons of life have been when I've been planted and enjoying the blessings of the fivefold ministry. I have felt equipped from those seasons to minister myself. Coming out here at the Rock South County from a fresh season, of time just being in